Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fireside Chats on the Young Mind, brought to you by Old Firehouse School. My name is Alex Dutton. I'm the director of Old Firehouse School in Lafayette. And today I am joined by co-host Liz Nolasco, who is going to introduce our guest speaker. So go ahead, Liz. I'm Liz Nolasco. I'm the program director at our San Rafael location. And I have the pleasure today of introducing Emma Tempest, who is an early childhood educator turned strengths-based coach. She came to our staff development day last week to talk about finding our own strengths and our colleagues' strengths and has kept us talking for the last several days about ourselves and our colleagues. So thank you for joining us, Emma. Welcome. I'm excited to be here. I was hoping we could start off with you talking a little bit about finding your strengths. And I'm hoping you could talk a little bit to the audience about what it looks like to find your strengths and how you then use those strengths as you work with people and how you hope they continue on knowing their strengths. Sure. So as a coach, I'm certified in something called positive psychology, which moves away from traditional psychology that looks at your past, any problems, any childhood trauma, and instead it pivots towards the future. So it looks at where you're at now and where you want to go. And the strengths that we talked about last week grew from the work of Martin Seligman, who is referred to as the grandfather of positive psychology. And essentially, these strengths are what researchers have found that humans have the capacity for. And there are 24 in total. And you can go to the VIA Character Strengths website and do a free survey that shows you what your unique 24 strengths are. But essentially, the work that I do helps you to figure out how to use them in your day-to-day life. So whether that's at work, at home, in your relationship, you can use them across the board. And the work that I did with you guys last week was so fun. And essentially, it just helps you not only figure out what your strengths are, but then helps you see strengths in others, including the children that you work with. Can you tell us a little bit about what those strengths are? are or maybe even the categories of sure. what so are. yeah so like I said there's there's 24 strengths altogether and they're divided into six what they call virtues so there's wisdom courage justice humanity temperance and transcendence and then within those virtues there's a different amount of strengths in each one it's not even across the board but There are things that you've probably heard of before, like love of learning, curiosity, creativity, perseverance, also things that you might not have heard of, like social intelligence as a strength and things like humility or prudence is one that people don't really know about. But essentially, you all have a mix of these different ones. And once you realize what yours are, you can then use them intentionally, which is what my coaching is all about. It's about figuring out when you have a problem or a stressor, how can you tap into that inner strength? How do you think knowing your strengths and starting to learn how to spot them in others changes your relationship? If you're seeing them in your children, if you're seeing them in your colleagues, how do you think that impacts your relationships? Oh, tenfold. Like it's it's completely changed my life being able to do this. And I think coming from a place where you don't know what they are, you kind of tend to rely on outward validation. So if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I really like the way you spoke to that child when they were having a really hard time, 
you kind of take that validation on board and you're like, oh yeah, hey, I am good at this. But then trying to reproduce that on your own can sometimes be really hard because our brains have what's called a negativity bias. So it comes in at a ratio of one to three. So for every one negative thing, you need at least three positives to outweigh it. And basically when people are trying to do their best, whether that's at work or at home or anywhere, if they don't know why they're what they're doing is good, it can be sometimes harder to replicate that. So if you know what your strengths are, it gives you a guidepost. So if you're stuck thinking, what do I do? I don't know what to do with this child. The thing that I tried last time that worked isn't working now. And then you end up feeling really stuck. If you know what your strengths are, you can bring that up and be like, okay, I know one of my strengths is humor. How could I bring humor into this situation? Or I know that one of my strengths is like we mentioned humility. So maybe there's something you could do to bring that into that relationship to diffuse the situation. And I think it just gives people that, like I said, like a guidepost. It's like, oh, I can always rely on going here because these are my strengths and this is what I'm good at. And I just think in society in general, we're kind of used to relying on other people to tell us the things that we're good at. We're not very good at blowing our own trumpets. So the work that I do not only helps you figure out what it is you're good at, but also how to use it. What I loved that most of our staff discovered slash probably already knew about themselves is that some of their top character strengths were about love or mm-hmm. um, you know, being able to have that capacity for some really positive social interactions, but especially love, which I think, of course, working with preschoolers and, and very young children, I'm so glad they have that in abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like you said, it, it kind of gives you almost permission to say, look, this is the thing I'm really good at. So I'm going to use my overwhelming capacity to love or to forgive or mm-hmm. work with another person and use that as a way to deal with a challenging situation and not necessarily have to push yourself towards what you think you're supposed to do. Yes. I, I really like that too, especially with the type of work that we do with very young children. We sometimes feel like, well, this strategy should be this way, or I should try mm-hmm. this thing. But looking at the strengths profile, you can also say, or I can use this thing, the amount of love that I have, or the amount of forgiveness that I have, which is, you know, maybe higher than some of my other traits and just use that to be like, it's okay. (laughs) I know that this, this two-year-old, this three-year-old is just having a hard time. And this strategy may work. The discipline strategy may work later. And I can also just say like, you're having a hard time. Let's just sit together, feel safe and love together. Yeah, I agree. One of the things that I shared with your team last week was the fact that your strengths tend to be essential, meaning they're like core to who you are. So quite often, like you said, lots of your staff already kind of knew that they had love as a strength because you use it all the time. And it is just something that's part of you but they're also energizing. So when you are feeling depleted, tapping into your strengths is a really, like it's a quick hack to kind of give you that shot of joy or maybe something that's going to uplift you a little bit, but they're also effortless. So the strengths that come easily and naturally to you, you kind of don't have to think about them. They are are there in your presence, but the 
the thing about positive psychology and the pivot is that you can use them even if you are having a great time. So if you are having a wonderful time with some children and the behaviors are great and you're feeling it and the vibes are just like, (laughs) the strengths that you can amplify can make that experience something that you can later savor, which is another um, positive psychology strategy. So remembering that time and really like locking it into your memory as a core savored thing that you can then reproduce in the future. I love that concept of finding your strengths and savoring the memory. I hadn't heard that term before, but I know when I was in the classroom, there were definitely some days that kind of locked in that got me through the harder. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. We mm-hmm. can get back to this. Today's just not <laughs> going to be that day, but tomorrow could be. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you said the strengths are essential. So they're core to who people are and they don't tend to change significantly over the lifespan, right? Yeah. So the 24 individual ones can come up in your strength survey at different in a different order. But the research shows that your top five to tens tend to stay the same. It just might be the order that's different. And of course, depending on your circumstances, you're going to tap into different ones. So when I moved from England to America, I had to tap into completely different strengths because I'd never done that before. It was a huge undertaking. And then things like when I changed careers, I had to tap into a whole new world of strengths to use in different places. But again, it's like the reason that your top five are called your signature strengths is because they are extremely unique to you and your circumstances. So just like your signature is unique, the signature strengths, your top five are unique as well. We were doing this strengths profile. I remember thinking it's a lot of work, but it's really good to be able to do this reflection. Mm-hmm. Is it necessary for a family to do this for each other? Or just what do you think is the most useful way for a family to use this? Or is it just fine if one parent looks at it and goes, oh, this is really interesting about myself? Yeah. So one of the key components of positive psychology is baby steps. And sometimes those baby steps need to be even smaller. So a coach that I follow calls them kitten steps, which I just think is really cute. But yeah, if one parent decided to do their strengths survey, they could use that profile to figure out how they parent, to figure out the strengths of their children and their partner. And I do think a baby step version of that would be for one person to do it at once. But again, it's very, very unique and personal. So I know for me, accountability is really key in my life. So having somebody else go through that might actually help me more than just doing it on my own. But yeah, I think the great thing about the test is it's free. So I keep calling it a test. It's a survey. The survey is free. So there's nothing to lose. You can just do it and never look at it ever, ever again. And nothing has changed. But if you do do it, everything can change. (laughs) I agree. I, you know, you did this workshop with us last week and I've just been thinking about it the last several days of what my top five strengths are and how seeing them printed out on a piece of paper really helps me feel like I've always known these things about myself, but there's something very affirming to see Mm -hmm. See them and also again to kind of just be able to have almost the permission or the ability to say, I am good at these things. And these are the things that I can continue to work on, as well as, of course, all the other 19 strengths. But it, it is there's something very affirming about them. And I love the idea of it being 
you know, the positive psychology piece that it's a strengths profile versus like, you're not good at these things, which I think most of the time we think of what our strengths are, but what our weaknesses are. And there Mm -hmm. isn't a weakness component into this. Yeah. I can't show you because we're on a podcast, but I just got chills when you were saying about how affirming it is because we do live in a, a patriarchal society that tells us not to celebrate ourselves. It tells us to not lift people up and say, hey, this is awesome about you. What can you now go and do with it when you have the thought, oh, I'm not able to do that. So when it comes to coaching, that's what I do all day. Like I hold that belief in other people until they believe in themselves. And figuring out your strengths is a super quick hack to get there faster. Because once you know them, it's like I said in our training last week, you start to see them everywhere. And then it's really hard to switch that button off. But yeah, the the point about weaknesses is really interesting too, because usually one of the first things people do is they do the survey, they look at their top five, and then they scroll to the bottom and look at the 24 strengths. They don't even look strength six through 23. They just go straight to 24. But yeah, it is really important to note that this is a strengths survey, not a weakness survey. So the research shows that all these people, all humans across different countries, different religions, they all have the capacity to use all 24. And it just might be that you're not tapping into that 24th one as much as the other ones. It doesn't mean you're bad at it. It doesn't mean you can't improve it. It's not about it being the worst thing. (laughs) I love that. And I love it as a framework. So I just love that now I have this vocabulary of 24 strengths to keep in mind as I'm working with people and children with adults with everybody, right? You've got, you know, most of us spend more time with our colleagues than we do with our spouses. So so those relationships can get equally fraught. Um, So sometimes being able to have that language and say, wow, you know, this person's strength, so much forgiveness, so much love, so much humor. Mm -hmm. Right. Being able to tap back into like what I appreciate about these people and what I appreciate about everyone I'm with every, you know, day in and day out. And it can help. It's such an easy reframe and it's such a great resource to have for myself as I'm interacting with other people throughout the day, which I really appreciate. Yeah. And like I said, you start seeing it everywhere. So even like in the supermarket or if you're walking through the woods and you just bump into somebody, like you just start noticing it everywhere. Can you share with us kind of ways to use this strength profile in just regular life and specifically with people who have or work with young children? Yeah, so the obvious one is to use your own strengths in your relationships with children. So we've mentioned about like when they're having a hard time, but also when they're having a good time, like when they are switched on in the zone, having a great day, you can still use your strengths then. We talked a little bit in our training about how to spot children's strengths. And one of the tools that I suggest people use is to go on a strength spotting jaunt, if you will, (laughs) where you go and watch children at play and notice the strengths that you see them utilizing. And then you can also do it the other way around where you pick a strength to go and see. So you might pick I don't know, curiosity, and then go and find evidence of children being curious. But another thing that I think we wanted to talk about was the fact that the children themselves, especially if they're a little bit older and they have the vocabulary, like Liz said, once you have a shared language, you can start getting them to use those words too. Like, oh, look, I'm being curious when I'm 
blah, 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 blah. I'm being kind when I blah, 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 and actually give them the vocabulary of, of pivoting to their strengths rather than, oh, I can't do this. It's too hard. I'm going to give up. I'm not sure if you have this question down, but I think we wanted to talk about toxic positivity a little bit. Yes, definitely. I think for some people, it might be hard to distinguish between the two. Yeah. So one thing that people misunderstand about positive psychology is literally they think, oh, it means you have to be happy all the time and everything's rainbows and butterflies and golden glitter. And I'm all down for that, but it is not about that. It is more about accepting the full spectrum of human emotions and the full range of how you can be feeling and that in a strengths-based term we want to be looking at children as being what was the example you gave earlier Alex the idea that a child who is there's like a meme or something about it where like the child who is bossy is really just assertive yeah that was it so You might think from a a toxic positivity point of view, you might think, oh, well, you're just using a different word. Like you you do mean that they're being bossy, but you're just using assertive to be nice. But really, we want to tap into that as what does assertive actually mean? How is that a strength? What are they doing that is producing something that either they get something out of or it helps their co-players or whatever the, I don't mean producing in like a capitalistic way, but more like a, what is the strength actually getting that child? Like, what are they using it for? What are they getting from it? How is it helping them too? And the the word in positive psychology is flourish, which sounds very, again, it's very dramatic. Like a lot of women that I talk to, or people socialize as women will say, well, I, I can't flourish. I can't take up space and do that. But really it means to have that whole spectrum of emotions available to you and that nothing is bad like nothing is not to be tested in the water like you can feel sad and you can feel happy you can feel guilty you can feel shame like all of these things are okay to feel it's not a negative it doesn't mean that it's happy-go-lucky all the time it means that there's a whole wide spectrum that is acceptable to feel because that's part of being a human being right if we didn't have all those feelings we wouldn't know what happy felt like if we didn't know what sad felt like if we didn't have guilt we wouldn't know how to change our actions and do better they all were related to each other thank you for making that clarification I really appreciate that I know it can be difficult sometimes especially when we're trying to figure out all the nuances of interacting with people and particularly when you're shifting your viewpoints right especially to look at children you know, with more respect and more kindness. And, but sometimes that toxic positivity can sneak its way in, in those reframes Mm -hmm. that you were saying. (laughs) Yeah. I think it just really helps to have specific examples. So like the bossy assertive example is really good. So rather than just labeling the child as assertive and then thinking, oh, great, I used a more positive strengths-based reframe. It's really digging into it, like going and observing the child and how are they assertive? What are they doing? What happens from that assertiveness that's, that brings it as a strength rather than just a label? As an educator, you talked about using the strengths and noticing them when children are displaying them. As an educator, do you see, or how do you see other ways to bring this into, into classrooms with young children? I know for me, it's, it's really hard because I don't, because I'm not in the classroom anymore. I don't have as many real life examples But in my imagination, when I play pretend and when I train other schools, 
I encourage them to do things like have a morning meeting that's a strengths meeting and you specifically talk about, oh, I saw little Johnny do this in the sandbox and he is showing the strength of blah, 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 blah. You could also make displays of the character strengths and then add observations to them. So you could have all 24 up somewhere and you could put observations of children playing and, you know, show photos of examples of them displaying those strengths. And again, you can do it the other way around, too. So you could have just one of the virtues and then list all the strengths that come under that virtue and getting parents involved, too. So we talked a little bit earlier about having parents fill out the survey. If they know what their strengths are, then they can use them with their children, too, at home. So you've got that homeschool connection as well. Am I going back to the idea of again knowing your strengths and being able to see the strengths in your children? And I love the idea of strength botting too. It reminds me of a, another educator that we have talked about on the podcast before, Dr. Becky Bailey and conscious discipline. And the idea that what you focus on, you get more of. Mm-hmm. And because we tend to have that negativity bias, that we are more judgmental, that we see things that we don't like versus seeing what we do like. That pivot that you talk about of seeing strengths, it really can just change your whole outlook. And instead of looking at how hard your child was giving you for this moment of the day or what chores didn't get done or haven't been done or something, it really is different when you can enter into a space or into a relationship with a child and feel like, I'm going to look for the things that I love about you or that I'm happy with or see what your strengths are rather than the opposite, which is our go-to evolutionarily. We can't help that, but it can be so wonderful when we can shift it. Yeah. And again, it's not necessarily about never looking at the negative. It's more about understanding that it's just the way your brain is made. So your brain is made to look out for the negative because Back in the caveman days, if you're foraging for berries, you need to know which ones are the poisonous ones because you will die if you eat them. You don't need to remember the 10 positive ones that are not going to hurt you. You need to remember that dangerous one. So when you think about the negative, for want of a better word, behaviors that children display, if you get stuck there, then you're not going to be able to see what they're good at. You're not going to be able to see what they're maybe more able to regulate. So noticing the quote unquote negative might be the first thing that happens because again, that's how our brains are built, but then turning it to the positive, making that pivot, seeing the alternative options as well as the negative is really helpful. And I really do want to stress that I'm putting negative in quotes because I don't think as children's behaviors as being negative, but for the sake of this conversation, it just helps to make that distinction. Have you ever, like when you want to buy a new car and you start thinking about it and then you see it everywhere? Yes, absolutely. And essentially it's that phenomenon. And the idea is a part of you that's awake to seeing that object, to receiving it into your atmosphere. So it's the same thing with children and their behaviors. If you're awake, if you're open to seeing not just that one negative thing, you're literally expanding your field of vision, like your mind is getting stretched. And that's all what positive psychology is about. It's about seeing that wider spectrum. And my like specific 
interest in this is because I'm a very all or nothing thinker. So if I have a problem, I immediately go, well, it's either this or that. And that's it. <laughs> Just my brain shuts down. It's like, it's this or it's that. And both of them are so impossible. And so like zero to a hundred, that's when you get stuck when you only see those two things. Whereas if you can see the full spectrum in between, which is great for strengths-based work, because I can say, okay, well, if I tap into my strength of curiosity, what might a third option be? And then I can add another one. If I tap into my love of learning, what's a fourth option? And it just expands your whole literal field of vision. Like you can see things differently. (laughs) All right. So if someone is listening to this and wants to figure out their next action steps, what would you recommend that they seek out, Emma? I would definitely recommend that they go to the Via Strengths Survey website. And like I said earlier, it's free. You have to sign up with an email so you can get your results. But the initial survey results that they give you of the 24 character strengths is a free PDF. So you don't have to pay for anything and you can unsubscribe once you get it if you don't want to keep it. They do have some paid options that go into a deeper version of the report. But of course, it's all optional. And then if you want to deep dive into it another way, come get coached with me. <laughs> How can people find you? My website's called makeyourownrainbows.com, which is again, part of that all or nothing black and white thinking, like seeing the full spectrum. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as the play coach. And my email address is emma at makeyourownrainbows.com. Emma, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your strengths with us. Thank you. Thank you, Emma. Thanks everyone for listening to Fireside Chats on The Young Mind. You can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, look for Old Firehouse School OFS on Facebook. And I believe on Instagram, we're just Old Firehouse School. And you can also find our archive of podcasts on our website, which is www.oldfirehouseschool.com. And you can listen for podcasts all the way from potty training to nutrition to growth mindset. Hopefully you'll have a listen. And we hope that you do go to the VIA website and do the strength-based survey. It's really interesting. And I think that we can all take the 10 minutes that we'll do to help shift the next several days, months of our own lives. So thank you for listening and please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts.